Welcome to Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond podcast. My name is Vignesh Devaraj, an Ayurvedic doctor and holistic health coach. Each week we share wisdom or interview an inspiring personality to guide you become your healthiest self. Remember, your health is your greatest asset. In this episode, I'm interviewing Dr. Deepa Apte, a medical doctor, Ayurvedic practitioner and a yoga teacher. We discuss about the topic healthy hair through Ayurveda. We also explain about tips for hair care, hair loss, dandruff and lifestyle management. Hope you enjoy this podcast and now we go over to Dr. Deepa Apte. Hello Dr. Deepa Apte, thank you so much for being a part of my podcast. I'm so looking forward for this wisdom that you're going to share. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Dr. Vignesh. And I feel really good to be here too. And I'm looking forward to this. Thank you. Thank you. I hope things are fine in London, how you are coping up with the new rules that are being imposed. Uh, Yes, everyone's trying to manage and get along with it. But as it is everywhere in the world, you know, it's like people are waiting for things to ease down. Mm. And I'm sure it is the same on your side too. We are are all working through it and managing ourselves. So, doctor, being a you, you are a, a medical doctor. I mean, you also studied Western medicine, and knowing your story, I'm curious to know what got you becoming an Ayurveda practitioner and also into yoga and the holistic approach of healing. Could you share that story? Um, of course, I'm from India. I was born and brought up in India, and that is where uh, most of my studies have been. Um, I actually come from a family of not my parents, but like my aunts, my like, you know, like distant uncles and other relatives who have been into Ayurveda and yoga. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, of course, Ayurvedic doctors or even some of them have been professors and deans at university. So I got introduced to Ayurveda at a, at a very early age. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure you know how it is sometimes in India that even if you're vaguely intelligent, they will, they'll be like, well, why do you want to study that science? You should become a medical doctor. So that exactly. is how. Mm-hmm. I ended up studying medicine first, but because I was in, in that environment along with after studying medicine, then I went back to studying uh, Ayurveda mm-hmm. and yoga. So I remember my studies lasted for almost like 10, 12 years. And all my friends used to joke about me saying, Deepa, you will always be a professional student. You will never work, but yes, that is a story. I think we all are in one way or the other a student of life. <laughs> yes, absolutely. agreed. It's like every day we seem to learn something new every time. So this is one question which I love when somebody says, you know, they studied the Western medicine and at the same time they integrated Ayurveda and they went on to pursue more knowledge and wisdom in Ayurvedic healing. So how do you feel integrating both? I'm sure that is such a fantastic hybrid model, you know, when you have the best of both. Yes. I remember there was this one uh, incident when I was studying uh, or working as a medical doctor Mm-hmm. at one of the gastroenterology hospitals in uh, Hyderabad. And I remember that you know, there was an endocrinologist, the gastroenterologist, they were discussing this client or patients, you know, like treatment plan, and then came along and I the physician, and they were very good colleagues and friends. Mm-hmm. And that was my first observation that they were actually discussing how to integrate different you know, modalities, including Ayurvedic herbs for that patient. And that is when I realized that we can actually work together, both allopathy and Ayurveda, it's all about integrating in such a way so that one science does not say no to the other, but always understanding how you work together with it. And having said that, even over here, of course, I do uh, 
like you no know, run many even now like online Skype Ayurvedic medical consultations mm -hmm. and that is where that medical background really helps first mm -hmm. of all that is one thing but the more I study Ayurveda as we all know I realize that Ayurveda is a much more medical science than allopathy mm -hmm. I'm sure all my allopathic colleagues are like sitting there listening to me wondering what is she saying but is this true because when you go back into the text you will see that even the whole um, process of how disease is formed or spread or the whole process of inflammation comes from Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. Having studied allopathy, the first thing that they taught me in terms of history taking is we first always ask questions, then we do observation, then we do like the palpitation or percussion, meaning hearing sounds. Mm -hmm. And when you study Ayurveda, that is exactly what it is. You know, you first ask, then you observe. When you say, you know, like palpitation, of course, exactly. it's quite exactly. Hearing of sounds can be, you know, anything in the body just literally voice itself sound or different sounds in the body so for me ayurveda makes much more sense than modern medicine but having said that i'm not saying that modern medicine isn't good but when i compare the two i realize that you know allopathy and modern medicine yes is very good but in more in like very acute conditions like accidents and injuries you know where we need certain, mm -hmm. certain, certain kind of you know uh, intervention but when it comes to more chronic illnesses and conditions even things like, you know, as we were just talking about a bit of like Parkinson's and multiple sclerosis, where modern medicine doesn't have an answer, but that is where Ayurveda really works. Then, my opinion, it's all about, you know, kind of integrating the two together. Well, that's fantastic. So, coming to today's topic, the hair care, I mean, it's a billion dollar industry and people are so concerned about the hair, they relate. Good hair means I am looking good, my age is fantastic, my vitality is good. Even men, they are so concerned about hair loss means I won't get what I want. And there's a lot of fad accompanied with that. So in your experience, what are the common causes of hair loss or the hair disorders that you see with your expertise? Now, when we're looking to hair loss, the best way I can explain is that, you know, it is because of excess, like dry heat in the body. When we say dryness, as we know, it is that vata dryness mm -hmm. and heat is pitta heat. Mm -hmm. you know, it is that combination. Yes. And of course, you will see that when we're looking into this whole concept of hair loss, the kind of people who do usually come with it are people who say that I've been really stressed or I've been diagnosed of some other medical condition which has affected hair loss or any such. It can be endocrine, hormonal problems. But the general underlying principle in Ayurveda, we believe that it is because of dry heat in the body. And you will see that the best way I can explain is the way the hair follicle is. The hair follicle goes into the scalp and it is surrounded by like sebaceous secretions, you know, sticky secretions. Exactly. Whenever there's dry heat in the body, that heat first of all melts that secretion mm -hmm. and that dryness then dries it out completely and hence the hair follicles will start falling out. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's the best way I explain to my clients. And I'm trying to make them understand what principles we need to apply. Mm -hmm. So, doctor, so when you say dry heat, so how will this dry heat show symptoms in our body? I mean, how do and, and what are the causes that create this dry heat? Of course, you know, dry heat is one thing that you feel in the desert. And if you come to a place like Kerala, which is tropical, you, it is like wet heat. Okay. It's like humid. You are literally breathing water and you sweat a lot, even though the temperature shows it is 30 degrees, but it feels like 40 degrees. So... Okay, that's one analogy where can, we can talk about dry heat in weather, but inside our body, how would it feel and what, you know, increases this dry heat? 
whenever we say dry heat, first of all, you know, it starts in the mind, in the nervous system. Mm -hmm. Whenever the nervous system is really active, you know, it sends that signal to the different parts of the body, increasing or causing dryness. So the initial kind of, you know, um, uh, things that a person can look out for is usually it'll start off with like, you know, dry skin, dry nails, dryness of the feet. Those are those initial changes. But from there, then sometimes some people also say that, yes, I can feel excess heat around the eyes or even in the scalp. They sometimes say that, yeah, when I touch the scalp, it feels a dry heat kind of pain. Mm -hmm. Or, of course, medically, when I'm looking at it, one of the most important things to bear in mind is constipation. Mm -hmm. As we know, you know, constipation is usually the cause of at least 80% of illnesses and diseases. And over here also, it might sometimes be because of heat first and mm -hmm. then dryness. Well, I'm glad you brought up the concept of constipation. I mean, I understand personally as a doctor, and I also see the changes once we heal a person from constipation, it brings like a complete turnaround in that person's life. So how can a common man understand how does constipation and hair loss like completely do two different things? It actually sounds like how the, you know, the, the flapping of the butterfly in Africa can create uh, tornadoes somewhere else of the world. So that's how it sounds like. But can we make a link about the constipation and hair loss? You will see that now when I'm saying constipation, that means first of all, it is very important that individual goes to the toilet or mm -hmm. eliminates stool every day. Mm -hmm. It is believed in Ayurveda that when we are eliminating stools, it's just not, you know, like waste products, but through that, we're also getting rid of excess heat, mm -hmm. excess dryness. You know, it's all being pulled out or thrown out of the body. But when one suffers from constipation, that means the large intestinal colon is blocked with stools. Mm -hmm. And because there is blockage over there, there is this backlog effect because that heat or dry heat wants to move down. Mm -hmm. But because there is constipation, all that heat, rather than being pushed out of the body, is then going everywhere else. Might go mm -hmm. to the skin, might go to the hair, might go to the nails. The best example I can give is like at least over here in London, you know, we have motorways or even over there roads. Whenever there is a traffic jam, everything stops. Mm. When things stop, then people get a bit agitated, they get a bit irritated, saying, you know, I want to go forward, then that creates heat, not just, of course, not on the motorway, but it is very simple, simply the same in our body too. I see. So that is one of the best ways I can, you know, give that correlation between constipation and heat rising in the body and going to different parts of the body. I see, that's interesting. And apart from the dry heat and the constipation, okay, uh, you know, uh, we hear that when a woman is having a hormonal imbalance or thyroid issues, they could have hair loss or even anemia. It's one of the underrated or undetected uh, diagnoses that we see in many women and that can lead to hair loss. So in these conditions, I mean, of course, in Ayurveda, we talk about the concept of Agni and, uh, you know, this can lead to all the other aspects. So how do you approach that and tell, okay, Usually when they come for a hair loss issues, we think that, okay, maybe we need to use a hair oil. Maybe we need to have some hair pack or henna. But when, when we tell them hair is just a superficial thing, it has to come from inside out. Of course, an external application also helps. But when we look at how the hair is coming and how the overall thing is going to result with that, so how do we link with that? So it is like hair is actually like a luxury of a healthy person. Can we call it that way? Yes, it is luxury of a healthy person, but healthy hair is also a sign of health within the body. Perfect. Because the way I'm sure you know, you know, we in Ayurveda we say that the body is always giving out messages mm -hmm. to tell us what is going wrong within the body. Mm 
So let's say you know, if there is excess dryness on the skin, that means there is not just dryness on the skin, there's so much dryness in the body, it is like, you know, over uh, kind of pouring out. The best mm -hmm. way I can explain is when we are cooking or boiling the milk, you know, the heat from the fire is ultimately cooking, boiling the milk, and then the uh, milk starts, you know, kind of overflowing. Overflowing, Same yes. thing, as you say, you know, it is not just a local problem on the scalp, but it is a more systemic problem within the body. The body. Because the body is giving out all these messages. So one of the messages body is also giving out is that, yes, you know, I'm going to tell you by losing some hair, saying there's dry heat within the systemic part of the body and you need to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And as we know, you know, like just sometimes doing things on the skin, on the scalp may not always help. We need to bring those changes from within. And as you've just now mentioned, you know, the whole concept of agni or digestive fire. And of course, you know, having said that very quickly, I do say that hair loss is a vata and pitta that is dry heat problem. Mm -hmm. But if you take it one more step further, it can just be vata dryness or pitta heat. Mm. So you will see that if there is vata dryness in the body in terms of the way the hair fall may show or the like, you know, accompanying presentations, maybe that, you know, they don't sleep a lot like insomnia or there's dryness or weight loss. But they may suffer from bone aches and pains, you know, which again are more vata related. Mm -hmm. And through that, the way the hair loss appears is that, is that first the hair goes dry and then there is hair you know, so mm. that's the more vata side. Mm. But as you were just, and of course, then under that, then as you're saying, you know, comes that whole hair loss because of anemia and hair loss, you know, mm. because of that depletion of the tissues and dryness. But on the other hand, as you've said, you know, hormonal changes and women may suffer from hair loss from the other side too. Mm. Over there, it might be typically pitta or that heat excess in the body. Mm -hmm. And of course, from that point of view, again, the way they look into that kind of hair loss is that first of all there may be like graying of hair you know that means the hair is being cooked mm -hmm. that is what we say in india you know, when someone's getting gray hair we don't say you get gray hair but aapke baal pak gaye hai, you know meaning your mm -hmm. hair is cooking that is, mm -hmm. that is excess and sometimes because of that excess heat then once again there may be hair loss which is more hormonal related you know so we have to assess which type it is and based on that if you were to apply certain approaches they will see those changes I see. So, uh, doctor, if we have to make it into practical applications in our day-to-day -day life, what would be your non-negotiable tips when it comes to a healthy hair? Yeah. First of all, as we just now talked, if there is constipation, that has, has to, to be, be corrected. Fantastic. Yeah. Because no matter what you're doing to the scalp, if that uh, channel is blocked, no matter how many masks, how many oil massages, how many kind of, you know, head masks or henna they apply, they will not see any difference. And I'm sure, you know, in Ayurveda, we've always given this uh, example that if the kind of wall needs to be painted, we need to get rid of that old paint because exactly. just applying new paint on that won't help because ultimately the new paint will also crack and exactly. come out. Exactly. So cleansing the body from within is very important. So first is that. But then again, a few different, like, one thing that I do tell people in terms of hair loss or Getting rid of that dry heat is first thing in the morning to have a combination of uh, ghee and turmeric. Mm -hmm. So like you know, maybe a spoonful of it on empty stomach and then to drink down approximately 500 milliliters of warm water. Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be hot, but it definitely can't be cold. Because mm -hmm. that combination of ghee and turmeric, as we know, you know, ghee also is relatively high in proteins, very good for the nervous system, but also very good to help produce the sebaceous, sebaceous secretions. But on the other hand, as we know, turmeric 
when used correctly actually helps in health you know just collagen formation but you know also bone health mm-hmm. and of course according to ayurveda you know that when we look into bone the three main byproducts of bone is hair nails teeth you know that means mm-hmm. we need to look into that health too so turmeric and ghee first in the morning and a big glass of warm water to drink down Mm-hmm. people do ask me what, why do i need to drink down the water mm-hmm. or why first thing in the morning mm. the reason for that is because when we go to sleep at night the gut or the gi tract is empty for 8 to 10 hours approximately mm. that means whatever that we eat or drink first in the morning is going to impact our body in a very big way and of course yeah, so ghee and turmeric when you have first thing it gets absorbed through the channels will get circulated but why warm water because warm water is very alkaline mm. meaning it helps to get rid of that acidity and heat from the body mm. so those so that is one thing and of course no correcting constipation two main things on a daily basis i see uh, doctor there's one thing that i want to you know you brought about the topic of bone and you know we call it upamalas uh, in sanskrit mm-hmm. so uh, there is also a saying in uh, i think in charaka samhita and also in ashtanga there when the asti dhatu when there is an imbalance in asti dhatu it can lead to hair loss okay that is how it is put in uh, ayurvedic term but you know coming from a, a, a since the fact that you also have a modern background could you see a light how the western medicine would make sense out of this concept Yeah. See, uh, medically also, if you look at it, it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. because when you look into, let's say, hair structure or teeth or nails, mm-hmm. it needs that calcium-related supplementation. You know, we need calcium as one of the things for good or strong hair health. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm going to go back to colon. Why constipation to be corrected mm-hmm. is Fantastic. because we know mm-hmm. that you know, uh, again, medically, as the food is going through the large intestine. one of the main important functions of the large intestine is to absorb water back into the body mm-hmm. it's a second very important function of the large intestine also is calcium absorption you know from mm-hmm. the food mm-hmm. and once this calcium is absorbed from there that means that, that calcium then will be sent to the bones of course just not to the bones but then from there it is circulated to all these other parts like teeth or hair or nails so yes even if you look at it medically it makes a big like no it does make a lot of sense in terms of that comparison between bones and hair health so that means uh, osteoporosis and hair loss have a lot of correlation yes and one of the best examples i can give is women who go through menopause mm-hmm. and if they're suffering from osteoporosis or any such presentation they always come with hair loss also hair loss as one of them you know so and of course you know i will sorry i'll just one more thing because you're talking about this correlation fantastic you're talking about I mean, women Yes, I'm. I'm loving how how the way you put it across. It's fantastic. Please go. You will see that you know, especially in women, even for bone strength, we need estrogen. Hmm. You know, so it is medically, you know, it yes. is known, and hence you will see that it's estrogen, it's calcium, it is bone health, and that's the reason why when they go into menopause, the estrogenic production reduces, hmm. which also makes the bones weak, and through that also hair loss. You know, so hair again, loss. there's a big connection over there. Fantastic. So, uh, and also there's one more thing, you know, I wanted to bring to your notice. Sometimes, you know, in, within my patients, they would say, uh, I'm scared of quitting the contraceptive pill because I've heard others saying that if they quit that hair loss could be a side effect. Mm-hmm. So, uh, or, you know, the contraceptive pill, people are worried about giving it up because this can lead to a lot of hormonal imbalance and that can lead to that. So, okay, how can we help them? 
okay, if they want to give it up, but still at the same time, hair can be maintained. Yeah. Uh, as you know, again, you know, in Ayurveda, especially when it comes to women's health, there is always this saying that, you know, preparation is the key to success. Mm -hmm. So we say that, you know, when a woman is going through the uh, puberty, menarche phase where she gets, she's getting a period, you know, we are preparing the body so that the body is well prepared for the time of pregnancy. So during pregnancy, well prepared for the time of postnatal phase. Mm -hmm. And depending upon all of these and the menopausal phases, you know, determined. determined okay. So same thing, that same principle can be applied over here. That if they are on a contraceptive, like, you know, pill or OCPs, and if they are looking to give it up, they just shouldn't give it up today and start looking to head health tomorrow. They need to start doing, you know, like simultaneously. And if they're going to be doing that, at least to leave again. I'm looking at it Ayurvedically, at least two months, you know, before giving up, but start applying Ayurvedic approaches. Mm. The reason why I also say two months is because based on Ayurvedic principles, you know, like, Dhatu Parina, meaning uh, the way dhatus change. And this, you know, it takes approximately five or six days, you know, from Prasad Dhatu to Rakta to Mamsa. That means by the time it goes down into the Shukra Dhatu, that is the reproductive system. Mm -hmm. so, you know, I put it down as two months, but, you know, approximately that much time. And then during that time, if they're looking to stop the OCPs, then we are looking into more like, you know, uh, Ayurvedic kind of equivalent of uh, women's endocrine balance. And one of the best herbs is shatavari because mm. as we know mm. shatavari also has got natural estrogens so that is one thing that they can start taking but then the other herb definitely they should start taking is turmeric you know healthy mm. and just giving some simple herbs rather okay. than any common okay. Uh, okay. Like complicated ones but then along with that again it is very important that they include key insufficient amount in their food mm. you know because food that means within the body they are nourishing the body so that when they give up the pills, you know, the body is well nourished and strong from inside so that there is no dry heat that suddenly sets in. And along with that, of course, you know, other like preparations that they can do in terms of simple everyday foods is like coconut water. Mm -hmm. So that is also very alkaline and nourishing or buttermilk, you know, our Indian way of making buttermilk, not the Western way. Mm -hmm. That or even, of course, this, the third thing is more optional because sometimes women want to give up the pill because they're looking to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. But if pregnancy is not in their plans, then aloe vera juice is very good. Mm -hmm. you know, because as we know, you know, aloe vera juice has got that kind of kind of contraceptive effect still. Yes. You know? So that is one thing that they can also focus on. Focus on. And oh. as we know, you know, like prepare by avoiding excess of spicy, salty. And you know, sour foods. I know we are all Indians, we love those days, but you know, that is where they need to regulate a bit. Fantastic. Uh, doctor, I want to know uh, you're saying about ghee and turmeric. So, if it is like equal quantities, what would be an ideal dosage that you can recommend to a common person? Um, if, if I usually say you know, one teaspoonful you know, okay. of one half teaspoon. ghee and half, half turmeric, half so ghee. half teaspoonful of turmeric and rest of it is ghee. Okay, just want to for the so that listeners understand the logic behind why ghee with turmeric. Yeah. Okay. As we know, again, I'm going to our Ayurvedic principles like, of. It's, it's about the heat and other stuff, but it'll be oh. fantastic if they understand the logic behind that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, sure, then, sure, yeah. Then they are more yeah, committed but, uh, to again, it. You know, understanding the career bit is also important mm -hmm. because yes, ghee is first of all, as we know, cooling. It has mm -hmm. got very good anti-inflammatory effects, but at the same time. Ghee is one of those very few oils, if you want to call it, mm -hmm. that also helps to stimulate digestive fire. So it is doing two things at the same time. 
Yes. And of course, you know, ghee is such where it also helps to lubricate and nourish all the tissues in the body, including the nervous system. Mm. Most of the times, people suffer from hair loss because of excessive heat in the nervous system. Mm. And if that is corrected or that is balanced, which is usually through ghee, it really helps. And it is also believed that when we combine ghee and turmeric, then ghee is like a vehicle, you know? This liquid knows where to take turmeric in the body, you know, meaning mm. it knows exactly the targeted you know, parts. Mm. And over here, because we know that kind of, you know, a uh, uh, point of action is, of course, through the bones or into the hair follicles. So that is how then ghee very quickly will carry uh, turmeric to different parts of the body. I see. That makes complete sense. So we take the equal combination of one half a teaspoon of ghee and a little bit of haldi, haldi, which is turmeric. Cool. Yes. So the next one that I want to ask you is, okay, there's one thing, you know, people say they have anxiety that leads to hair loss, but hair loss creates more anxiety. It's like uh, chicken and the egg, and then it gets worse and worse. So when somebody comes with anxiety along with hair loss, what would be an ideal period, the turnaround time that we can recommend them so that this hair, they expect everything to be super quick. And that's why they are called as patients because they don't have patients. So yeah. how, what is the turnaround time that you would recommend in such a person to get that hair fall arrested? Yeah. Um, first of all, they would, of course, no, it is not going to happen ASAP. It will mm-hmm. take a bit of time because even to help you know calm down that anxiety in the body let's even if you were to start with anxiety because that is the root cause in a way and to even bring those changes in the nervous system it would take at least three weeks four weeks for the whole system first to calm mm-hmm. because when the system calms down the first thing then the body is going to do is stop hair loss mm-hmm. the hair follicles will not grow as yet but mm-hmm. stopping hair loss is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that is one way forward. But again, because it is anxiety, that means it is the mind. If the mm-hmm. mind is really restless and anxious, then again, that does not help. And as you say, you know, it is like, it is a vicious cycle. It is back and forth. And uh, hence, at such times, a few things that they need to bear in mind or focus on is good to sleep. Once sleep, sleep is improved, Mm -hmm. then it also helps to reduce that excess heat in the body. And it is usually when we sleep that the body is healing itself. The Mm -hmm. tissues are being healed. was correcting hair loss, preventing hair loss. And of course, now when it comes to sleep, again, one thing you will, uh, I'm sure you would have also seen that, you know, because they're losing hair, they're very scared to touch the scalp to massage, you know, because they're worried that if they were to touch the scalp and massage, that means... um, there will be more hair loss. Okay. So as an alternative for them, again, to help with sleep is foot massages. You know, every evening, good foot massage, feet in hot water. Just by doing that, it excess heat in the body. Mm. It also helps to calm down the mind. I see. You will see that when a person is not anxious, and even mm. if there is some hair loss, the person still feels a bit better and strong within. Fantastic, doctor. I mean, when you talk about anxiety and when you're talking about the dry heat, I think anxiety creates the dry heat and the dry heat indirectly create all the imbalances that can lead to that. Now, doctor, before going on to the next topic, uh, some of the oils that you recommend, and is there a particular way that they have to apply the oil on the head? And if there is any combination along with the oil that that will help them for the hair stability? Could you Mm. share that? 
Yeah, of course, you know, yes, oil application to the scalp is quite important. And one of the most common ones that everyone talks about is the Brahmi and Amla hair mm -hmm. oil. Mm -hmm. So that's the first common one. And it is for a reason because Brahmi, which we also call as brain tonic, is actually helps to get rid of excess heat from mm -hmm. the nervous system, mm -hmm. but also has got very nourishing properties. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, Amla, which is Indian gooseberry, even though it is very sour, but amazingly, it helps to get rid of excess heat. Mm. and also toxins you know like armor from the body so it's that combination mm. and of course depending upon people and when it comes to hair loss i usually also say that trying first of all not to wash their hair very often mm. maybe once every three four days because you know especially when you wash your hair with hot water you know it uh, kind of creates more heat mm. but along mm. with that to oil their hair every time or before they uh, wash their hair Okay. So that means oiling or massaging the hair, you know, like maybe two times a week. That is if that is what they do. Hmm. But I remember I grew up in India where we used to oil our hair and massage our scalp, you know, once a week on a Saturday or a Sunday, hmm. and then wash our hair once a week. You know, that is how I grew up. With. Nice, yeah, okay. So if it is severe hair loss, then best is to follow that because that oil in the scalp actually helps to cool down the system. Hmm. So the most common hmm. one is Brahmi Amla oil. And even in terms of application, it is very important that they first of all pour oil on top of the head and tap, you know, because in that way, the oil gets absorbed into the scalp and into the system. Mm -hmm. and then likewise, you know, pouring a bit of oil on the back of the head and tapping. And whenever they are uh, massaging the scalp, if possible, in circular strokes, because they're at home, you know, because mm -hmm. when we do actually know, can get slightly different as a therapist, but at home, you know, more circular strokes, because First of all, that will help to improve circulation to the scalp, but also mm. getting rid of toxins. Mm -hmm. And if it is in India, and because it is so hot and humid, I usually tell clients that you have to leave the oil in their hair maybe overnight and wash it next day. Mm -hmm. But then, if people are listening to from very colder countries, and I usually say just leave the oil in the hair for maybe an hour, two hours, but not overnight, because you know that sudden change of temperature, then that you know coldness in the scalp they don't want to suffer from you know colds yeah. because of the oil in the hair exactly but otherwise leaving it for a couple of hours but when they're going to be washing the hair always with warm water never hot water hmm. so that is you know one thing about application of oil and massage but then there are other ayurvedic if you want to call it remedies that you can apply you know like to the scalp directly hmm. one of the most hmm. common ones is of course if they don't mind it, is combination of you know onion paste. Mm -hmm. So onion paste with any classically I would have said Brahmiamla oil or any cooling oil. Make a paste and apply directly into the scalp. Leave it for maybe 30-40 minutes and wash it off. This also helps with you know like prevention of and again when it when they're doing the onion paste, it has to be fresh onion, you know, not meaning um, cooked or anything like that. People do say, but onion is heating, so how does that help? Mm. It's not that heating, but the way onion helps, it actually draws heat out of the scalp and hence we leave it on for 15-20 minutes. So that is one kind of you know remedy or option. Now the other thing that is also very good, if people are really worried and anxious that they're losing hair quite a lot, is then a combination of castor oil and rose water. Mm. And mm. what I tell my clients is to mix equal amounts of both. And with like a cotton pad, you know, like cotton kind of ball, just to apply into the scalp, not the whole hair, because castor oil is very sticky. Mm. Just to apply mm. it into the scalp, leave it overnight, and then to wash the hair the next day. That also, if they were to do it every four or five days, it helps to prevent hair loss also quickly. And how does it help? 
as you know, you know, castor oil, as we all know, it has got natural steroids. Mm. Sometimes mm. hair loss is also because, you know, the scalp is also losing that oily, sticky substance. So castor oil helps to replenish that. Mm. But on the other hand, rose water is very cooling. You know, mm. so it, again, it cools down the uh, nerve endings, the scalp. So again, that combination is also very good if they can apply every four or five days and then to wash the head next day. So that is, you know, one other thing that they can do. I see. It's interesting you mentioned about onion because uh, I remember some folklore practitioners, what they do when somebody's uh, having fever, what they do is they put the onion on the feet because it helps to release the excess heat. So that makes complete sense uh, with what you just said. And with the uh, castor oil, so the whole idea is to let go of the excess heat on the head. That's the whole idea. Yes. So that way the hair will come. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, there are many things that we can do to the scalp locally. But as we said, you know, that heat is generated because excessive working of the nervous system. So mm -hmm. one of the best other ways is also, if they are able to, meditation. Mm -hmm. You know, so meditation as and when then that they can. So again, there are many different ways of meditation. That is one way. But one thing that also comes to my mind, if they want to get rid of heat from the scalp over here, is to do things to the eyes because mm. as we know you know our eyes are nothing but an extension of the brain through the optic nerve mm. that means if there's excess heat in the brain you will see it in the eyes or the other way around mm -hmm. and in ayurveda of course as you know best one of the best things to start off with is eye exercises daily because mm. you know, that helps to kind of you know remove that any kind of blocked heat then after that if they are able to again you know they can go to a therapist or practitioner or even at home you know, pouring some ghee into the eyes, you know, because nekebas, they are actually tarpana with the same ghee. As we know, once again, ghee is very cooling. It is anti-inflammatory. It's not just about getting rid of the heat from the eyes, but when we hold on, pour ghee into the eyes, the ghee gets absorbed from the optic nerve into the brain mm. and helps to reduce heat in the brain too. So things that can be done to the eyes too. And one of the very simple things that they can do every evening if they're suffering from anxiety or palpitations, nervousness is, Applying rose water to the eyes, mm -hmm. leaving it on for 15 20 minutes before mm -hmm. going to sleep. I see that really helps. And I think if that's the case, then screen time can also contribute to hair loss in today's uh, explanation for that. <laughs> Absolutely. And yes, you know what? I so agree because I was uh, teaching last week, and that is one thing I was telling them mm. that the reason why there is so much heat in our system or around us is, of course. On one hand, we are very fortunate that technology helps us to bring people together. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, it is automatically increasing dry heat in the body. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you must observe that most of the times that the kind of presentation, at least of where people come with, is dry heat, illnesses, imbalances all the time. And of course, you know, like even without knowing, as you said, you know, screen time is mm -hmm. one big factor. I can imagine. I think uh, we are just... Uh, you know, touching the surface of what problems it's going to create for the future generations. Yeah, Sooner we learn absolutely. it better. And yes. One more thing that I want to talk about is the dandruff. You know, dandruff is a big issue uh, with many people have it. Some people say it's coming only during certain seasons. Some people say it comes. I don't know what is the cause, what to do you deal with that. So how would you deal with uh, for a patient with the dandruff? See, once again, when we look into dandruff according to Ayurveda, in one way, simple ways, it is because, you know, there is some armor accumulation in mm -hmm. the scalp or in the head and neck region. Or so that means 
On the other hand, the digestive fire or agni has become weak, and that is how it is showing itself out. Mm. But the other thing also, you will see that a lot of people also suffer from dandruff if their everyday hygiene, like you know, if they don't wash their hair regularly on time, may also lead to it. Mm. But the other mm. thing also is foods, you know. So for at least over here, what I have seen is that a lot of when I say dandruff, I do get a lot of teenage clients in the 18, 19, 20 year old, you know, clients. And I understand it is a phase of life, but it's a kind of food also that they eat. You know, if they're eating excessive, like you know, hot or like oily, heavy, like you know, like uh, deep fried foods, that excess oil, rather than does not knowing not knowing where to kind of you know eliminate itself out, might go to places like the scalp where there's excess, like you know, uh, oil accumulation, which may lead to the cells, you know, that start forming, and then you know, they start kind of you know, detaching itself. So that is one other thing, also in terms of causes. Mm. And of course, you know, one other thing also is sudden, how can I say, irregular lifestyle, meaning, you know, sometimes they might have good food, but there are times when they don't have that, like, you know, like nourishing food, sometimes mm -hmm. very dry mm -hmm. foods. So that irregular lifestyle, especially in terms of food intake, also may lead to such presentations. Nice. So, of course, yes. that is about the cause, you know, that is, and one of the most common ones is, you know, where people don't wash their hair or scalp regularly. Because no matter what, just like a skin over here, that we are kind of, you know, um, shedding epidermal cells all the time. Mm. So is this cat. But until and let's not wash correctly on time, you know, that it may lead to it. It may lead. So, so what could be the uh, preventive therapies that we can incorporate in our life at the same time? What could be the symptomatic relief as well for that? Yeah. Uh, first of all, it is important, of course, you know, regular kind of, you know, scalp, uh, uh, washing their hair maybe once a week but again even on a daily basis combing the hair mm. people sometimes and I understand that you know we become so busy that we actually forget to do it mm. but combing really helps because it also helps with the, uh, to improve circulation in mm. the scalp you know because where the comb kind of you know like touches the scalp that is on a daily basis mm. but other than that if they do still have dandruff then regular hot oil massages mm. so massaging and uh, having a shower immediately after massaging you know so not to wait so that, you know, any of the kind of uh, cells or epidermal cells, you know, they're all washed off. Mm -hmm. That is one mm -hmm. other thing. The other thing that is also really important is um, if on a daily basis, again, uh, first in the morning to have hot water or warm water. Mm -hmm. It's all about cleansing the system out. And one thing that I also specifically tell uh, clients that, you know, severe forms of dandruff to do is uh, chavan prash and hot water, you know, on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. Chavan Prash both helps to cleanse and yet nourish, you know, so it works on both ends. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it's more about you know, looking at uh, hygiene on a more local area in the scalp itself. Fantastic. I mean, in, in South India, we have this formulation called Narasimham uh, Tail. It's, it's like if you remember the god uh, Narasimha, you know, he has a lot of hair. And so, the, I mean, we have a, a lehim called Narasimha Rasayanam, which is like Chavan Prash. Oh, which, yes. which, yeah. It has shilajit, it has iron, it enhances the vitality. So the same formulation, we make it in, in a coconut oil and use it for the hair. Oh, so okay. this helps for the growth of the hair. It says that you will become like Narasimha because the hair is full on. So that is one thing that we use here. And, and also in Kerala, I think we have this uh, herb called Dandapala. It's, okay, the botanical mm -hmm. name is Raiktia Tintori. I'm sure it's also used yes. in North India as well. So that is blended in solar heating of the coconut oil and then once you apply that it also helps for psoriasis at the same time for dandruff yes. as well. 
that we have seen yeah, a yeah. fantastic result. Yeah, I understand. I understand, you know, for the products that you are, or you know, like preparations in India, they are, we are able to, but I guess because I've lived here for 20 years, you know, oh, okay. a lot of Ayurvedic preparations we can't bring across over here. Okay. So again, when you talk about things with Shilajit or iron preparation, sometimes we are not able to use them over here. So that's the reason why I'm just thinking of things that people can use. Fantastic, Doctor. That was uh, full of wisdom at such a short time. So, Doctor, how can people reach out to you? I mean, how can they know more about your work? Um, of course, out here, uh, of course, in London, in UK, I also own the company called Ayurveda Pura. Mm -hmm. So, my mm -hmm. website, work website address is ayurvedapura.com. Mm -hmm. So, that is the main way. And of course, you know, as we have actually connected with each other, I'm on Instagram too as my name, Deepa Akhti. And likewise on Twitter and Facebook too. But my work uh, is ayurvedapura.com. Ayurvedapura.com. Fantastic. I will definitely put these uh, information in the show notes so people can reach out to you. Thank you so much, doctor. It was a real pleasure to have you in my podcast and keep up the great work that you're doing. You know, thank you. And I, I really feel honored to be here. So thank you very much for having me. Welcome. Thank you.